Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. So glad to have you here. Praise the Lord for what God's doing. It's good to see Larry Pedersen being baptized today. That was an awesome event. Larry's not a man of many words, but he has a very deep heart and passion for the Lord. And if you've ever visited with him, you'll see that. You'll see that. I was, um, last week he was supposed to be baptized, and our heater in the baptistry broke. And so we tried to get it going this week, but it was still broke today. And so the water that's in that tank is about the same temperature as the water of the Jordan River. It's pretty cold, flowing off of the frozen icy hilltops of the Golan Heights. It's pretty chilly in there. I told our evangelist, I said, a good evangelist would volunteer to do baptismal ministry while he's here. And he said, I don't hear the Lord in that voice. Pastor Chris took one for the team, and Larry, I thank him for his courage and just his bravery. And you know what? His steadfastness. We told him, we said, hey, it's cold. He said, I don't care. I'm ready to be baptized. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's good. That's good. I don't care. I just want to once again declare my faith in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, there is there is a power in, in when people are passionate about just taking it all the way, going going with the Lord. There is, there is power that you will grab a hold of, and you won't want to let that go. And so continue to hang, to, to reach out for what God has for you in your life. Continue to, to reach your hand out and say, God, I want more. I want more. Some of you are seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Continue to seek the Lord. Say, Lord, more is what I want. And he's going to say, I'll give you more. You give me more of you. And that's how it works. Just give me more of you. And the Lord's going to do some great things. Praise God. How many of you believe the Lord's here and he's going to do some great things today? Amen. We have a guest evangelist with us. I don't want to take any of his time today. And uh, he's going to come and minister to us. Um, he didn't bring any soundtracks. And you are thanking the Lord that he didn't bring any soundtracks. You don't want to hear him sing, but I know I know that the guy can preach. I've known him for a lot of years, and uh, Lynn Wheeler is a longtime friend of mine. He's been an evangelist for, I'm not going to say that because he'd tell everybody how old you are. But he's been an evangelist, what, close to 60 years, something, something like that? 60? Yeah, he's receiving that right there. He's been with us before, and I just thank the thank the Lord for men like him who will continue to travel and go into churches. He's he's the kind of guy that it doesn't matter, large or small. He's he'll preach to the to the forty, and he'll preach to the four thousand. It doesn't matter to him. He just comes with a, a word from the Lord. At the end of service, you'll be able to give to him uh, if you write checks or if you want to to give online. You'll be able to do that. You can put the checks or any offering in. You want to put it in the envelopes in the boxes in the back. Just make sure you memo it, uh, Lynn Wheeler, and uh, that offering will go to him. If you give online, make sure you memo online, Lynn Wheeler, and that offering goes to him. 
because I believe it's important to keep men of God traveling around preaching the word, the gospel. We need the office of the evangelist in today's church. We do. We need the office of the evangelist. And uh, I pray that God just uses him today. So I want you to open your heart. I want you to open your mind. And I want you to prepare your spirit to receive a word from the Lord this morning from our evangelist. Lynn, would you come? Let's welcome him as he comes today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Scott. God bless you, Journey Church. What an honor to be back with you. I always want to do this every time I return to a church. I think it's been about three years since I've been here. How many were here when I was here before? And you actually remember me. Would you lift your hand? All right. How many never seen me in your life? Would you lift your hand? All right. Keep your hand up. Everybody else tell them I'm a great guy. Would you do that, huh? Well, that didn't take long, did it, huh? Boy, we kind of blew right through that. Looks like about 75%. I'm meeting new friends, so it's, it's good to meet you. Good to see those of you that I've seen before. Thankful for what God has already done and is doing in this church. Amen. Powerful worship time. You know what I love? I love talent, but I love anointed talent more. And boy, we had anointed worship here today. So thank God for it. Yes. Wonderful. Praise God for that. Listen, before we get very far into opening remarks, I, I want to pause and give honor where honor is due. Let this church know how much I love and appreciate my friends, your pastors, Scott and Shannon Matter. You're blessed with great leaders in this church. And great, amen. Amen. Great. And I can speak to that not only as a ministry colleague, but as, as Scott said, longtime friend. And, uh, you know, it's, it's only a friend that will throw you under the bus for being old, you know? You know, I do want to clarify he was not on the anointing, under the anointing when he said 60 years, though. He, he got in the flesh just a little bit there. I want to clarify that just a little bit, all right? Praise God. Love you guys. Thank you for this opportunity of ministry and your friendship. It means means so, so much. Praise God. How many feel good today? Would you lift a hand? You feel good? Praise God. How many look good today? Raise your hand. Do you look good? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, huh? How many slight possibility person beside you just told a lie in church, huh? In church. They don't look as good as they think they So I'm going to preach on pride today. That's what. No, I'm just, just joking. Just tell a bad joke. Bad, I'm not. So anyway. Uh, thank you for this ministry opportunity. We're going to look to the Word of God in just a moment. Let me take 60 seconds before we do. And just let you know, if we can, we want to be a blessing to you beyond this morning. So we have product table. I've written a couple of books. We have teaching series out there. If you remember our ministry, you might remember that we have uh, missions work going in Costa Rica. Our ministry center there is called The Refuge. Just very quick, just let you know that it's a pregnancy resource center is what it is. So people come into our center. They take parenting classes. We have a, a store of donated goods where they can come in. Our ministry is to the less fortunate people of Costa Rica. So we provide diapers and formula and strollers and clothes. You know all it takes to raise kids if you've done that. And so we try to help with that. We have a counselor come in once a week. We have a nurse come in once a week to help with those kinds. So if you can remember to pray for our ministry there, the refuge, uh, COVID kind of paralyzed all ministries over the last couple of years, but we're up and going again. And I went down that road to let you know 
that we do have t-shirt out there in all of our t-shirt sales if you purchase a t-shirt it goes to help us with our ministry in costa rica okay they're on the table they're ten thousand dollars who wants to lift your hand <laughs> i'm just seeing who's awake that's right kind of got a lull there you know and so you guys are still with me though i i appreciate that yeah Anyway, everything else is ministry, but that is missions. Another 15 seconds to have a proud dad moment. My daughter also just wrote a Christian children's book. So if you have small children, if you have grandchildren, we have copies of that out there. Uh, my daughter, Carissa, yeah, thank you. One fan in here, all right? So anyway, very proud of her, and uh, those, those are on the... She did just win Miss Middle Tennessee, yes, last weekend. So another proud dad moment there. Yeah, I thank you. for. I mean, I remembered it, but I, I wasn't going to come here and talk about my daughter all day. So, yeah, but, but I will. So now that means she goes and competes for Miss Tennessee. Very proud of her. The greatest thing about her, she serves the Lord. So praise God for that. Very, very, very proud of that. So praise God. Would you do this? We're not going to read from here just yet, but if you'll grab your Bible, iPhone, iPad, ever how you look at the Word of God, go to Acts 27 with me. In just a moment, when we get to point number one, we're going to read a passage in Acts 27, starting at verse 13. Um, before that, I've got a two-hour introduction, though. Again, I'm just seeing who's listening, and I lost half of you from the time I went to, I lost half of you between the price of those t-shirts to now. So if you'll just hold your place there. I know some of you are note takers. I'm going to do my best to be very easy to follow. We're going to give you three points today. The title is The Power of the Unexpected. The Power of the Unexpected. May God add his blessing to the preaching of the word, and all God's people said, amen and amen. The power of the unexpected. There is no doubt that everybody in the sanctuary today has had surprises come your way. Things that are unexpected. You know, some of them have been good. Now, I don't know if you have ever had like a surprise birthday party thrown for you. Like friends and family gathered and Man, you, you weren't expecting it. It was, a, it was a surprise, and it caught you off guard, but it made you feel good. And, and so we've had good things. Like, I don't know if unexpectedly your boss ever called you in and gave you a rate. <laughs> How many received that today? Come on, yeah. Just unexpectedly, you know, something good. Have, lift your hand if you've had something good happen to you, but it was unexpected. And that's a great feeling. The truth of the matter is, though, we all have also been on the other end of the spectrum, and we've had something happen to us that was a surprise, that was unexpected, but it wasn't good news. It was horrible news. It was devastating. Maybe a diagnosis from a doctor or a phone call. But we've all been on both ends of the spectrum, have we not? Making sure I'm preaching right, people. We know. I've been there, you've been there, and the reality is it, it doesn't matter which end of the spectrum that, that we're on here with the unexpected. I think we all can agree in my introduction today that the unexpected is powerful. 
either way it goes. Man, if it's good, it affects our emotions in a positive way. And man, we're sore and we're soaring and we're happy and joyful. And on the other end, it's just devastating and it's grief. But either way, it's powerful and it affects us. The good news before we launch into my main points is that God is God even in the middle of unexpected. Or could it be that a couple of years ago, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a worldwide pandemic hits us that sets back the church, it paralyzes the church. But now that we're coming through that, God is still God and He's more faithful in the midst of all the unexpected things in our life that have devastated us or caused our emotions to soar. We can stand in the house of God to say today and say, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. See, in the middle of it all, we, we can still say that He's God and He's got everything under control. And it's good to know that in our spirit as people on a journey for Jesus Christ. We're going to stay in Acts 27 today. By way of teaching and preaching, we're going to unpack a story. Stay right here. You know, sometimes we preachers preach. We're from Genesis to Revelation. We're all over the place. Today, I'm going to stay in this story. I'm going to talk to you about some things unexpected. Let's look at a text before we proceed. The first thing I'm going to talk to you about is an unexpected storm. Acts 27, verse 13. In the NIV, it reads like this. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. Verse 15. The ship was caught by the storm could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it, and we're driven along. Let me make sure I'm preaching to the right people. Anybody but me ever been through a storm in your life? That's right, yeah. I'm going to assume those that didn't raise your hand are just tired. Because we've been through storms. We, we know what that is. We know what it looks like. And many of us are old enough to have been through a lot of storms. So let's set the scene here before I preach about the unexpected storm. Here we've got the Apostle Paul and a group of men, and they're at sail. They've started their voyage or their journey. So now I just want to make sure that we're kind of all mentally uh, thinking. But I'm thinking if I'm hired on as a sailor for this trip, and I'm on the boat. Did you see what the text said? I'm on the boat, and... And we're starting out on this voyage, and I've been hired as a sailor. Here I am, and I see that the water is smooth, and the sun is shining, and the wind's not blowing. You know what I'm thinking? This is an easy gig, baby. This is going to be smooth. We have got it made. This, This is an easy job we got. This is easy money. This is going to be a good payday for not much work. Keep smiling, both of you that are. But then did you see what the text said? Man, they thought, oh, this is good. We just, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Everybody say unexpected. Unexpected. 
Here comes a storm. The weather channel didn't forecast it. It wasn't on the radar. But the Bible said it's not just a storm. It's got winds of hurricane force. It's a northeaster. And it came out of nowhere. Everybody say unexpected. Unexpected. Man, we thought it was good. I want to pause because I don't want this church to miss this line. I want you to get it as an individual, and I collectively want to speak it into the life of this church. Friends, storms do not change God's plans or purposes for your life. Just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. Doesn't mean you're doing the wrong things. Storms do not change God's plans or purposes for your life. All right? So I'm going to pull back. I'm going to quit preaching for a minute. I just want to talk to you from my heart. Then we're going to transition. I'm going to preach again, spit on the first five rows. You're welcome. I don't stand before you today as a preacher of the gospel pretending to know everything. Again, I'm just talking from my heart. This May, I will celebrate 40 years of full-time ministry. I started when I was two. Tell your neighbor there's a lying preacher in the house today. Would you do that? <laughs> of those 40 years, 36 have been spent as an evangelist. Just to correct your pastor's numbers. 40 years of full-time ministry, even though I don't look that old. I can't even pull amens out of you folks today. I think it's the gray that's getting me. Four years of Bible college. For 22 years, every year I've read the Bible from front to back. Every year I've read it. I know it. But I don't understand some things, and I'm standing before you by way of confession. First of all, we're talking about storms. I don't understand God's timing. I'm just telling you I don't. I've studied it. I've preached it. But I can't tell you how come I can lay hands on somebody, and instantly they're healed by the power of God. And I pray for somebody else for a long, long time, and they're not. I do not. I don't know the answer to that question. In all my years of ministry and study and education, I've never come to an answer on why it works that way. I don't understand. Second thing, and I'm not going to do this long. I'm going to get back to preaching. I would say to Journey Church today, I don't understand the sovereignty of God. And I'll illustrate that this way. I don't understand, church, how come the Lord sent an angel, got Peter out of prison, but he left John the Baptist in prison, and he got his head cut off. Oh, maybe the Lord loved Peter more. Only five of you recognizing my sarcasm there. Isn't that ridiculous? That's ridiculous. 
So even if you never talk to a preacher, can I ask you to talk to me right now? I want to make sure where we're at here and what you're thinking. I want to ask you as a church, could the Lord have sent an angel and got John the Baptist out? Absolutely he could have. Why didn't he? I don't know. In fact, I don't understand it. And I guarantee you, John the Baptist family's going, hey, wait a minute, Lord. What, what's up with this? So in all that's been going on the last couple of years, in my prayers as I started, and I'm concluding and about to preach again. At the beginning of the year, in a conversation with the Lord, I made my mind up, church. I'm being very vulnerable and very open to you now this morning. I've decided, as a preacher of the gospel and as a Christian, both, I've decided that I will no longer enter church services like we're having here this morning trying to figure God out. I'm done with that. But instead, I will be coming into church services like this for the rest of my life, not trying to figure him out, but trying to learn to trust him more. I, I just want to trust him more. That's it. I, can I tell you the unexpected that's brought devastation and grief to my life? When I look at the Word of God, I'm not the first one with questions and things that we don't understand and don't get. It's always going to be that way. And if we come as a follower of Jesus Christ trying to figure out our storm and how come I'm going through this and this isn't going well and doing this. No, 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 not today, not anymore for this preacher. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. All I want to do is learn to trust trust him more because if I'm on a mountain I want to trust him if I'm in a valley I want to trust him I just want to trust him in the storm see that's all I want to do help me just trust you Lord that's it this storm caught these men off guard I want to transition to point number two if you're taking notes I next want to talk to you about the unexpected shipwreck you see, there was an unexpected storm, but if you'll go down to verse 41, let's unpack this, please. Verse 41, but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. So now we've moved from an unexpected storm to an unexpected shipwreck. I'm going to talk to you about my life. You see if you can relate. I've been through storms in my life that were not fun. I did not enjoy it, and I don't want to do it again. But they didn't lead to shipwreck. They were bad. It wasn't fun. But it didn't devastate me. It didn't tear my life apart. With the help of friends, family, church, I made it through. But then I got to tell you, See, if you can relate, I've been through storms that did end in shipwreck. It devastated me. It wiped me out. It literally caused my life to be scattered and shattered in a million different pieces. Not all storms lead to shipwreck, but boy, some of them do. 
and it's not fun. This storm led to a shipwreck. How many know if your mode of transportation is the ship and it breaks in two, you're done. You need to find a different mode of transportation. It's kind of like the old saying, if you're riding on a horse and it drops dead, you need to get off. That's a little deep. I'll let it sink in. Huh? You're de- but seriously, I'm telling you, I go into some churches, they sitting on a dead horse. And they proud of it. When I get there, they say, Lynn, look at our horse. And I go, dear Lord, that thing's dead. And I usually get something like, yeah, but it was a good horse in 2000. She ran good in 2010. But here's what I got. Yeah, good. But right now, some of y'all preaching my sermon for me now. I just want to shout in the spirit, dismount, get off. And it's the same with the boat. We're going through a storm. Come on, don't you believe these were professional sailors. They had navigated storms before. They, but when that boat, when that ship hit that sandbar and broke in two, we done now. We're finished. couple of things before we go on here. Verse 27 says this. That storm lasted 14 days. Everybody say that's a long time. 14. Verse 33 says during that 14 days, They had to work so hard they didn't even get to eat. Now, that's especially bad for we Pentecostals. (laughs) 14 days, long storm, no food. I want to say this, and I'm going to echo it. What I'm about to preach to you, the Bible does not say. Again, this is my observation of this story. Scripture does not say this. I'm letting logic kick in, and you can do with it what you want. Now, if I preach something that's the word, you don't have that option. But when I say this, you got a choice. You can disagree with me. But I'm saying if that storm lasted 14 days and those men were fighting that storm for 14 days, they're tired. Bible doesn't say, and these men are tired. It's just logic. If they didn't need for 14 days, they're famished. They're weak. Bible doesn't say that, but what we've got now is a group of men tired and weak and hungry. 14 days. But the truth is, sometimes in spite of our best efforts, shipwreck still happens. I got to tell you, while I'm getting this message, I just want to share this with you. I'm in my office, and I'm putting this message together, and I'm reading this part about shipwreck, and all of a sudden, and this is not me. This is not my personality. My wife's a big history person. Me, I, you know, I just, I'm having trouble living right now, you know, so I'm studying about the shipwreck thing, and I thought, man, and completely out of character for me and my personality, I thought, man, 
I'm interested in shipwrecks now. And so I went to the computer. I've been, I'm working on this message. I'm halfway through. And, and I, so I went and Googled shipwrecks. Googled it. I like saying that. It makes me feel 30. I Googled it, baby. Huh? Nope, didn't work. All right. Anyway, I tried. So I Googled shipwrecks. Now, come on, talk to me, church, because everybody in the house knows when you do that, the first shipwreck that pops up. Titanic, don't sing the song. It just, we know that we've seen the, because the movie put out, we know the story and everything Hollywood puts out is true. There's that sarcasm anointing back on me. So we know all that, but that's not what I wanted, friends. I wanted something a little deeper than that. I'm, I'm like, so I came across this, and I'm going to stick close to my notes because I'm going to give you an accurate quote of what I found that blew me away, okay? So when you Google this, here's the line that really stood out to me. I'm quoting. It is estimated that there are still 3 million ships laying at the bottom of bodies of water worldwide that have never been discovered or retrieved. Three million. I'm sorry. Some of you don't know me. You're just getting to know my personality today. And I'm going to tell you when I read that, you know what my personality kicks in? My personality says, who counted those? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, who was the diver that said, I'll go? One, two, three, four. Three million. Come on, everybody say, that's a lot. Three, three million ships laying at the bottom. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at this, working on this message, and I'm going, wow, that's amazing. So then my mind kicks in, and I'm thinking, okay, Christopher Columbus days. They didn't have navigation like we've got. They didn't have all this other stuff. So maybe that's most of it. That's what I'm thinking here. Then all of a sudden, true story, wind of the Holy Spirit swept into my office. I'm all by myself sat back in the chair and began to weep uncontrollably, not because of three million ships laying at the bottom of bodies of water, but all of a sudden prompted of the Holy Spirit to be reminded of how many thousands and millions of people who at one time served God and were faithful to church, but a storm came their way, tore their life apart, and today, they're laying at a, the bottom of a spiritual body of water, wounded and hurting and lost. And I began to weep uncontrollably. And while I'm preaching this, you're sitting in a church service right now maybe thinking about people, a family member, a friend. Somebody used to come to this church. And it's not like they even changed churches. A storm hit them. Their life busted apart. And now Jesus is not number one in their life anymore. But here's the good news. The God that you and I serve is not only a God who saves and heals, but he also restores. He specializes in taking broken lives and putting them back together. So in this house today, if you're here, 
and you've had shipwreck and your life is shattered and scattered in a me, can I tell you, the God of glory that's in this house today is taking all of those broken pieces of your life and he's bringing them back together. That's his reputation, child of God. That's what he does. He is a restorer of broken lives and broken things. It's not time to sink to the bottom and get lost. It's a time to be restored in the power of God and know that your dreams can be resurrected. Your brokenness is not the end. The devil has said to you it's final. It's not final, child of God. There's a restorer in the house today, and his name is Jesus. He brings people back together. He's a restorer. Boy, Lynn, you got a little wild on that. Yes, I did. You know why? Because I am one of those wild. Anybody else but me been broken and restored by the power of God? I'm not the only one. Look at this. You know what I'm preaching. You heard the devil's voice like I did. That shipwreck, you're done, buddy. You're over his throat. No, 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 no. God's a restorer, isn't he? Huh? He puts us back together, see. He, he's a healer, see. So that unexpected storm that led to the unexpected shipwreck is not the end. All right? So hang with me. Now we've got a shipwreck. We've all agreed we need a different mode of transportation. Do you know what the Bible said these men did? They just grabbed onto wood floating in the water. They said, now I just got to tell you, if this is me at this point, I just want to live. I just want to survive, man. I I mean, my ship's gone. Please don't miss this. We're going to go to point three, and I'm going to conclude. If you've never heard me preach, I typically close five times. I'm getting less funny, too, aren't I, as we get close to the end. So that's just number one. They're holding on to the wood. I don't want you to miss this again. Many of us have been there. So now the shipwreck's happened. We're holding on to the wood. Now, friend, you and I have lost complete control. Complete control. There is no longer a sail that we can put up and adjust so the wind will catch it and take us where we want to go. It's gone. There's no longer a rudder that we can adjust or a motor on a boat that we can turn to adjust that thing and take us where we want to go. We are out of control. We're holding on to wood, and we are going wherever the wind and the waves take us. And it's not up to, oh, we might fight it for a bit. We might contread water and adjust it for a bit, but we're going to get tired. So now we're holding on to wood, and we're going wherever the wind takes us. I just want to live. Point number three, final point. Thanks for not clapping for that. I appreciate that. Unexpected storm to an unexpected shipwreck. But number three, we wind up with unexpected favor. Unexpected favor. So we're holding on. We're out of control. 
Go down with me to next chapter, chapter 28, next chapter, verse 1. Once safely on shore, we find out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. Everybody say favor. Unusual kindness. Everybody say favor. That's what that the islanders showed them favor. They built a fire and welcomed us because it was raining and cold. So we lost control. We've been through it. Come on, somebody talk to me. <laughs> we had a storm catch us off guard that led to shipwreck. We've been floating in the water, and, man, we just hanging on. And now all of a sudden, we see land. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But now my mind's kicking in, and I'm going, do people live on that island? When we get there, are they going to kill us? What's happening? But we just read the verse. When they got off on the island, they showed them unusual kindness. One more time, everybody shout favor. favor. So they didn't have Malta on the map. It was not a part of the destination. Come on, somebody, anybody but me, spiritually ever end up where you weren't planning to go, but God used you. It wasn't on your plan, but it was on his. <laughs> and sometimes it takes the storm. Oh, I don't like to preach that. Sometimes it takes a shipwreck. Oh, I hate to preach that to get us to the place where he wants to show us unexpected favor. You've been through the wilderness, but collectively as a church today, can we step out of the shipwreck and on to Malta? Unusual kindness, favor. What they going to do? Oh, they built the fire. Thank you, Jesus, because I'm cold. My clothes are wet. They made s'mores. It's not in there. I made it up. Some of you, is that NIV? I don't know. I made that up. Unusual kindness. So now we got favor. Come on. I'm not done preaching, but I'm going to stretch my hand out over the church and every person under the sound of my voice today. And I declare 2022 is a year for you to walk in elevated favor of God for Journey Church, for you as an individual. We are stepping from the storms. We're stepping from the shipwreck. We're stepping onto our modern-day Malta. Thank you, Jesus. And the favor of God is being increased on all of us in Jesus' name. Come on, shout, I receive that. Do you? I receive that for me too. A new level of favor of God. A new level of the favor of God. For us. You know what else I want to declare over this church right now before I pray for you? I speak to all the lives in Denton, Texas and surrounding areas that are out there hanging on to a piece of wood. Their lives are broken, shattered, and scattered in a million directions, and they don't even know if they're going to live. God would you adjust the wind toward Journey Church? Would you turn the current this way, Lord?
because we got a group of people in this house today who have been broken so we know what it is and when they step onto this place as their modern day Malta we're going to receive them and help them get healed we are not the answer but we know the answer his name is Jesus Christ turn the tide Lord turn the tide Lord send them this way they're broken by life stuff Hang on, let me preach this. Some of them even broken by other churches. They're broken by other believers. That because of their shipwreck, kicked them out of their group. Not here, Lord. Come on, I need to hear Journey Church right now. Not here. Huh? We're a grace place right here. Because we've been there. We know what it is, man. Send them, Lord. Send them. As you read on through that chapter, you're going to find out Paul's putting together a fire. Some of you know this story. While he's putting the brushwood on the fire, viper jumps out, attaches itself to his hand. I'm closing with this to let you know that because now you're walking in a new level of favor of God, but the devil's going to keep attacking. He never quits. He never stops. There's going to be more. They already on Malta, but the viper's jumping out at Paul. Attached itself to his hand. You know what I'm glad the Bible didn't say? When that viper attached itself to Paul's hand, he ran into the woods screaming like a girl. Somebody knows this story in this house today. Somebody tell me what he did. Come on. Would you take your right hand right now? Come on. Come your right hand. Help your neighbor. Right. That's good. There you go. Huh? Shake it. So, yes, we're going to a new level of faith. And yes, the devil's going to keep fighting. But when he comes at us individually or collectively as a church, what are we going to do, Journey Church? Come on. We're going to shake it off because we're going places we didn't imagine. It wasn't on our road map. We hadn't it made it a part of our destiny. But God is still taking us there. Go ahead, devil. Keep fighting. We're just shaking it off in this house today because that's what we do on Malta. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray your spirit begin to move in a powerful way across this house right now. Thank you, Lord, for the hearts and lives that have been challenged and touched in your presence. Right now, Lord, right now, would you minister to people before I ever lay hands on them? Hallelujah. Heads are bowed, please. Eyes are closed. Could I ask God's people, just, would you just pray right where you're seated right now? Very important time in the house of God. So I have two questions I'd like to ask, too. First one's the most important. As a ministry guest, I have no, no idea of the spiritual condition of your heart. But I just wonder, and I have to ask first, is everyone here in right relationship with Jesus Christ? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the Savior of your soul? 
or do you have unconfessed sin in your life today and you need to get things right between you and Jesus? Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray for you first. If you're here, say, Lynn, I need prayer. Sin separates me from God. I need forgiveness of sin. Will you pray with me? Would you put your hand up and make eye contact with me if that's you? Lynn, I need forgiveness of sin today. The reason I'm asking you to look at me is because some people have their hands up and they're praising God. I don't want to interrupt their communion with God. So they, they can keep praising God. So if you're saying, boy, Lynn, I need to give my heart to Jesus. Would you look at me so I know? I understand remote possibility. I preach to all believers. We'll not stay long here at this point. And I'm just looking one more time. I'll scan across the church. Anyone here need to come in right relationship with Jesus Christ? All right, could I ask you, friends, everyone stand with me all over the church? What an awesome presence of God I sense in this house. What an awesome time. Believers, I'm going to have you look this way, please. We're going to bow our head and close our eyes. We've all been through storms. I'm going to call you forward in just a moment because I'd like the privilege of praying for some of you on this trip. It's the only service I have with you. I want to come in agreement with you. You don't have to be ashamed of this. Our heads are up. Our eyes are open. There's nothing to be ashamed of. But I want to know, did I preach to anybody in this house today that would say, boy, Lynn, right now at this moment, I'm in a storm. Would you lift your hand right now? God sees, God sees, God sees, God sees right now at this moment. Can, can I ask you this? Has anyone kind of gone past the storm? You've already entered shipwreck. Would you lift your hand today, anybody? You, you, I see, God sees those. Man, it's, it's a shipwreck for me, Lynn. I'm already there, man. Things are scattered and shattered. At the very end, I'm going to talk to you about the favor. We're going to pray a final prayer before Pastor closes his service. But before we get to that, I want to have a prayer time. There's been 10 or 12 that just lifted your hand. Do you mind meeting me right up front? If you just raised your hand, you're going through a storm, or you're in the middle of the shipwreck, would you just come right here? Thank you. Thank you. Take your time. Just We want you to come right now. I'm there, man. Right now, thank you. I'm there. I'm there. Hallelujah. Right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, still standing between the chairs. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Would you look up? Could I ask some of you? I'm just giving a moment. We have more coming. I'm just giving a moment. No problem. Men of God, standing between, would you look up and get a burden for somebody? Could I have some of you move from where you're at? Come on, men. Ladies, would you do the same? Would some of you look, see a lady up here and just get a burden for them and come lay hands on Come on, some of them are broken. We have some gentlemen over here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you. Thank you. Just that's it. Just lay your hand up on people. Come on, we're going to minister to the body. Those of you that have chosen to stay between your chairs, would you at least stretch your hand this way? Come on, find somebody. Maybe you know them by name up here. Come on, we're going to worship and we're going to pray the God of restoration into this house.
Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.